The province is weighing a ban on single-use plastics as part of a broader strategy to send less waste to uh, landfills. The government wondering if a ban on single-use plastics, things such as straws and takeout containers, would be effective in reducing plastic waste. Well, let's ask an expert, Tim Gray's the executive director of Environmental Defense, and he joins us on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Tim, good afternoon. Appreciate you coming on. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm okay, thanks. Uh, first off, I just kind of wanted to get your take on whether or not you think the tide really seems to be changing when it comes to single-use plastics, because I think many who thought it was nothing more than an inconvenience, what what's like one straw, come on, uh, it seems to me anyways that uh, there seems to be this uh, growing uh, sense that, uh, well, it's wasteful, it's harmful to the environment. Uh, is that your sense? For sure. I mean, the tide has definitely come in. Um, you know, you're seeing all this imagery uh, from the oceans and from our lakes of beaches covered in plastic, uh, turtles with straws up their nose. Um, and that's the, sort of the stuff that you can see. We also know that this is breaking down into microplastics and that that is ending up inside of fish and other organisms and ultimately inside of us. And I think people really realize that this is a huge problem and it's unnecessary and that governments need to help us do something about it. Um, you know, individuals have responsibility, but if the systems are not in place, it's very hard for individuals to make enough of a difference to actually solve the problem. So it's great to see the province uh, considering moving forward on bans and uh, addressing the broader way that our waste system works. Yeah, Tim, I'm glad you mentioned the oceans because it was a couple of years ago, I was on vacation in Belize and a bunch of us went kayaking and uh, we come upon all of this plastic waste and I was talking to one of the locals and I guess they say a lot of it comes down, of course, uh, from the U.S. and you're in the middle of just like what seems like paradise is blue, blue water and you can see down to the bottom of the ocean, you can see all of the, the marine life and that and then it was just so disheartening, so saddened, saddening to see a lot of this just plastic waste for no good reason just floating yeah, it's true. I mean, you see it in, in many areas. We know there's 10,000 tons of plastic going into the Great Lakes here, right in our backyard in southern Ontario. Um, a lot of that, and you've seen this, I'm sure, if you've been to a beach or a river, especially in the springtime, a lot of those are plastic bottles for water or soda uh, that people are buying. And we know that about one and a half billion of those bottles are not getting collected or recycled every year. And we also know that there's a pretty straightforward solution to fixing that. And we could have a deposit system on plastic bottles like we do for beer bottles and wine bottles. In fact, um, Ontario and Manitoba are the only two provinces in Canada that don't have a deposit system for those bottles. And when you have one in place, um, the recovery rates go way up. They would more than double um, right away if we were able to bring a system like that in. And so government's considering that too, which I think, you know, based on some of the polling we've done of people here in Ontario, uh, very, very high interest in doing that. About 90% of the population thinks it's a good idea. So Let's get on with it. Okay. Can you uh, quantify for us uh, what sort of harm single-use plastics, uh, what they're doing uh, to our communities and to our planet? Yeah. So, you know, we have the direct impact, as I mentioned, on marine uh, wildlife. Um, but probably the, the, the bigger thing is what happens when this stuff is either, uh, you know, burnt in uh, open landfills uh, in many countries or finds its way into ecosystems and then breaks down into these little tiny microplastics. If chemicals that are in our environment as well, toxic chemicals, which we also have a problem with, they get 
absorbed or you know stuck to the surface of those microplastics and then they end up inside of our bodies so this is a a key way in which uh, we're seeing toxic chemicals actually taken into our bodies uh, as well as the direct impact of the plastics themselves so uh, they have impacts that way and uh, we're also losing a lot of money Um, there is a lot of employment and money to be made in properly recovering and recycling waste in fact um, jurisdictions that are doing that job much better than we are say here in Ontario have a huge amount of employment in that sector, and we're completely missing out on that economic activity, and, and that's, of course, a loss for um, the communities as well. Sure. When it comes to offenders, what is the worst when it comes to single-use plastics? Is it straws? Oh, well, it's hard to say. I mean, the volumes, of course, the larger the, the volume of the item is, you know, the actual more plastic there'll be in the environment. But I think it's all of these things like straws, stirrers, balloon sticks, uh, cutlery, plastic bags, these kind of things we don't really need. Those are the targets for bans, I think, that most countries are pursuing. They're really trying to get rid of the stuff that we, there's not really a good reason to have being produced. And then focus on uh, recovering and recycling the types of plastic that we actually know that, w- that we need to uh, use and are harder to replace. So it's a combination of bans and then and fixing the system to collect and reuse the stuff. Let me ask you about uh, plastic bags, because there was a move afoot in Toronto, of course, to ban the plastic bags several years ago. Most stores charge, I think it's a nickel if you need them. I occasionally been to the grocery store and without my canvas bag and really kind of had no choice and bought bags. You know, I take those bags and I take them home and then I, I actually use them in my waste bucket instead of a, a garbage bag. So, And I mean this in all seriousness because uh, I sometimes feel guilty, but uh, is that still a single-use plastic or, or have I found another use for it? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think that generally it's better to put a price on these things and uh, drive reductions that way and that way not make it such a stark uh, choice for a lot of things, like plastic bags, which do have other uses, like you mentioned, people use them for garbage, etc. And we know that in the stores where there is a five-cent charge, that there's been massive reduction in the number of bags that people take because they do bring their cloth bags, unless they forget them, like you mentioned. But we've seen about an 85% reduction in the number of bags used as a result of that price. So... Uh, for many of these plastics, uh, it would make sense to have a 5 or $0.10 cent charge, like I was talking about with plastic bottles. That uh, is either given back when people return it, like a bottle which can actually be melted down, or goes into a fund, like for plastic bags, which could then fund further cleanup initiatives, etc. So pricing can really work. Uh, some things it's just not practical, and it's hard to argue that we really need them because we don't need plastic straws. We don't need plastic coffee stirs. And these things are very hard to collect, hard to um, reuse. Mm-hmm. So we probably just need to get rid of them. But plastic bags are a good uh, candidate, in my mind, for having uh, a price on them rather than an outright ban. But, you know, different people will have different views. But I've seen the pricing work really well. What's the best replacement for straws? Because that one always sticks out to, in my mind because they're just so readily available and everywhere. And you see them from time to time, uh, sadly, you know, just thrown away on the street. Uh, is it the bamboo straw? Because I know the paper straw doesn't play to good reviews. A lot of people have trouble with that. Or is it just a case of we just need to 
bit of a paradigm shift and uh, you know what just tilt that cup to your lips <laughs> yeah. i mean i think the only people that actually need straws are uh, you know probably really little kids and and people with actual physical disabilities where they can't hold onto their cup sure you know uh human society you know evolved quite happily with people not having straws and plastic straws until about 30 or 40 years ago so I think we could probably survive without them and figure out some ways of addressing the needs of the very small uh, group of folks who actually need access to them. And we can make those out of other materials that are, that are equally durable, like bamboo or things like that. Now, do you think uh, government, when it comes to uh, a role for them in this, I mean, you mentioned the uh, refundable uh, bottles and getting people to uh, you know, return those, uh, bring them back instead of just uh, throwing them away haphazardly. Uh, is that the, the role for government moving forward? Do they have to, I don't know, say to businesses like fast food restaurants and such, you've got two years to get with it and get on bamboo straws or you don't do business in this province anymore? Yeah, they're going to have to bring in uh, regulatory changes to you know change the system. I mean, it's important for the public to recognize the problem and be supportive of changes and be willing to modify some of their behavior, obviously. Um, but we do see from public polling that there is a willingness to do that. But we can't just expect uh, individuals to act on their own to solve this problem. It just won't uh, address the scale and scope of, of what we need to do. Well, why is that, though, Tim? Let me ask you, because I think there's this big debate as to whether or not we need the heavy hand of a government and an outright ban, or would real change come from consumers who finally just say, enough's enough, and I'm not shopping at your store if you're using or giving out single-use uh, plastics? Yeah, it's a combination of both, I think. I mean, obviously, the public is driving some change in the marketplace, you know, and there's uh, aisles with uh, less plastic cropping up and stores that don't sell vegetables wrapped in plastic. But I think to actually move the needle on the amount of plastic, single-use plastic that's going into the environment, government's going to have to act. And, you know, the question is, is do you just ban things like we were talking about? Or do you try to do a lot more in the marketplace where you actually put prices on some of these things? And I think the consensus is that a lot can be done through pricing, you know, making the producer of plastic uh, financially responsible for ensuring their products are collected and reused and, and having taxation structures or, or fees reflect that and enforce that. Um, setting up deposit return programs, etc., and then just focusing bans on things that we really can't um, put financial incentives in place for reduction. I think the combination of those things has been widely seen around the world as, as what makes a real difference. All right, got to leave it there. Tim, appreciate the time and the perspective. Uh, thanks so much for the discussion. Thanks a lot. Have a nice day. You as well. There goes Tim Gray, Executive Director of Environmental Defense.